Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. We, now, we got another great topic for you. And matter of fact, the topic today is coming from Easter church service that Dr. Daniels gave. And I want him to give a, a, a brief uh, explanation of the, the sermon that you gave on Easter Sunday. Yeah, sure. You know, and we got a lot of, um, a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback on the message. Very simple, straightforward, and I know traditionally people, when you think about an Easter message, you, you think about the uh, resurrection of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In fact, most people now like to call it Resurrection Sunday as opposed to Easter Sunday. And, and, uh, but there's an episode there, 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 there's a historical significance there that we sometimes overlook. Um, you know, uh, when you think about the, the uh, resurrection, uh, the first people to come to look for him uh, was Mary Magdalene and um, Salome and a, a few other, you know, Martha and Mary, the um, siblings of Lazarus. They, they get up early in the morning and they come looking for Christ because um, they wanted to um, continue the embalming process that they had stopped because it was the Sabbath day. So they get up early in the morning and they go looking for Christ and they get there and the tomb is empty. And, and of course, there's great sadness because the tomb is empty. And, and, and they're sitting there and they're trying to figure out what's going on. <clears throat> and then these two angels appear. And so the angels ask them a question. And the question is, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And the interesting thing is, you know, they should have known that he wouldn't be there because he had told them that he would rise again. Mm -hmm. But yet they still came looking for him in the graveyard. Now, the thing that interests me about that is also that oftentimes we live our life in the same manner. We look to live, but we focus on places where there is death. You know, in other words, <clears throat> we want life, but we look for it in places that bring us down. And, and so uh, that, that, that if, if we can get around that, if we can somehow stop going to the Dead Sea to get life. All of us could be living our best life. All of us could be living a wonderful life. Not saying that you will have a bigger house or a bigger car, but you will have a life filled with more joy, a life filled with more expect expectancy, and a life of greater prosperity, you know. Uh, but for some reason, uh, which we can talk about a little bit in detail, right. it seems to be hard for people to stop looking for, for good in bad places and stop looking for life in dead places. Yeah, it's when I was when I was sitting in church and you said it, everybody else was, you know, shouting everything. And I was like, it just hit me. Mm -hmm. And like, like, once again, the Bible is so simple and straightforward. Yes. If you are paying attention mm -hmm. and all fair, we was talking. I said, I bet you the angels looked at each other like they, they still just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's like, OK. I got it. And then sometimes you, it may take you to go through it and then, you know, witness it upon yourself. But I even found myself throughout the day mm -hmm. since uh, Sunday, finding myself doing just that, looking, you know, looking for life among the dead. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you a question, Dr. Daniels. How often do you see people ask advice or seek encouragement from other people? 
who are dead. Like, not oh. physically dead, of course, but like uh, just mentally dead. They're just uh, done. Yeah, my goodness. You know, I, I wish I could say never, but the irony of it is, is that most of the people I counsel, 99.9% um, .9 of them have sought advice from people who are spiritually dead, from people who are socially dead, uh, from people who are financially dead, you, you know, because our first impulse seems to be to seek out people. You know, there's, a, there's an old adage say, birds of a feather flock together. Mm -hmm. our, our initial impulse seems to be to seek out people who are like, who are where we are, you, you know. Right. Uh, and, and as I mentioned on Sunday, I think it's that, that feeling that if I can find someone who is, who is where I am or been where I am, they will understand me. You know, they will empathize with me. And, and, and while that's, that's probably true, that, that they will, the problem with that is this, is that if they are going through some difficulty, if they are dead, they can't bring you life. All they can do is help you die slowly, you right. know, because you have two people that are both commiserating about their misery. You know, mm -hmm. and so now we're both having this little pity party about oh how life has been so horrible for us and and this kind of thing. You know, I I can't tell you how many times I've told people things like this. If you want to know how to stay married, never ask the advice of someone who's divorced. You know, right. but the divorced person's concept is oh I've been there and done that, therefore I can give you good advice. Right. You can give me good advice on how to leave. <laughs> you can give me right. good advice on how to be divorced. Right. But you can't give me good advice on how to stay because you don't know what it took to stay. If you did, you would have stayed. Right. So, and that's the thing. And, and as I mentioned on Sunday, and I want people to understand this concept, is that initially seeking advice from someone who is in your same situation feels good. It really does. It feels good to have somebody cry with you. It feels good to have somebody understand you. But that problem is this. We are jealous creatures. We just are. So then, if, if I go to you because I'm having difficulty with something, if I'm dying emotionally and I go to you, and, 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 and you understand that, and you're crying with me and you hug me and you pep me up, as I begin to come out of my dilemma, if you're not coming out of your dilemma, you're going to hold me back mm -hmm. because that thing, the concept is this. I was there for you. Now, why can't you be there for me? Right. So now, rather than you pushing me on out to be better, you're putting me on a guilt trip and making me stay right there with you. So I can't get out of being dead. I got to stay there and be dead with you until I can try to pull you out with me. But I might not be able to pull you out with me. So now right. we're both staying there commiserating together. Right. And it doesn't mean that the other person is so bad or this, but it's just the way we are as human beings. So that's why I, you know, my, my thing is simple. If, if you are depressed, don't hang around depressed people. Mm -hmm. Find somebody that got some life in them. We have a tendency to, to say things like this. They got potential. <laughs> when, any, when someone says you have potential, what they're really saying to you is the person that they are with is a dud, that they are not producing anything. Mm -hmm. Because when a person is producing, you don't say they have potential. You say what they're all about. Right. You, you, you know, you don't say so, you know, if a person is a millionaire, you don't say, they got potential. <laughs> you well, say, they're a millionaire. They're a millionaire. If a person has a great singing voice, you say, they can sing. Right. It's only when they're not performing that they have potential. Uh, you know, and, and I'm saying that that's what we tend to do is hang around those kind of folk that keep holding us down and pulling us down. 
what we ought to do is seek it, seek people who will pick us up. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to be better, find someone that's always better than you, right. not someone who's equally down as you. Yeah. You know, is that, that old saying, you know, you want to be a big fish in a small pond. And I was like, well, you can still be a big fish in a big pond. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. There's always going to be a bigger fish, but there's nothing wrong with being a big fish in a big pond. And then you could go find other big fish. I, I'd rather be. I'd rather be a, a, a small fish in a pond of big fish that don't want to eat me. <laughs> right. You, you know, right, right. The, 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 you know, because you benefit from being with them. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's and the worst thing you can be is a fish of any size in a pond with fish who are dying. <laughs> right. That's you, you know, right. I want to be a fish in a pond with fish who are living and who know how to find food. And, you know, it's kind of thing. But you, like, what you're saying is, 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 is key is that we spend an inordinate amount of time hanging, hanging around people who cannot make us better. Right. You know, and, 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 and the one thing that I have always, um, and the Bible certainly gives us uh, plenty of examples of, of how this ought to, ought to be a part of our, our living, and that is you want to attach yourself to people who are either where you want to be or who are on their way to being where you want to be. Right. And don't mind taking you along with them. Right. You know. Right. And, 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 and that way you're not looking for life among the dead or looking for life among the dying. You're looking for life among those who are living. You know, the other thing that we do um, that, um, that the angels prompted these ladies to do is that they, they, they said to them, you know, go. You know, don't just sit here and, and weep. Don't sit here and cry. They said, go and tell everybody what has happened. Go. They told them where to go. So one of the things that we do oftentimes when we're in a, in a graveyard situation is that we wander aimlessly and as if we are afraid to get direction, you know, that will get us where we need to go. It's almost like we, we are afraid to let someone know that I just can't figure this thing out. I don't know how to get there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that causes us to stay in a place of, of, of decline for such a long time that we walk around as if we are dead when all we had to do is just ask the right person for direction. Right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing is I've witnessed a lot of people, uh, Pastor, that just won't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And then when they finally do, the solution is so simple. But mm -hmm. but you're so hell-bent on doing it yourself. Right. And I, I got all the answers. I know what I'm doing. I, I'm going to figure this out. But every time I keep hitting roadblock after roadblock after mm -hmm. roadblock, but then it's like, well, why don't you just go after Pastor Dance gets through talking, <laughs> spend 30 seconds after church, shake his hand and ask him a question. Mm-hmm. And it didn't listen, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, or, or go read some books or go find the answer, go get the help. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. A absolutely. I, I can tell you, um, there is no answer that's not contained in those 66 books in the Bible. This is, it's, this, right. it's, it's there. Yeah. It, if we seek it, it it's there. It, but, let, but let me give a, a, a secular example, because I know there are some folks that say, well, the Bible is so complicated, I can't figure it all out, da 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 
it's not complicated at all, but that's what people think sometimes. I, I remember when I was in college and um, I purchased a car. This was the first car that I have purchased without having a cosigner. And um, at any rate, um, I end up um, uh, losing my job. Not, not because of something that my employer wanted to happen, it's because I was just plain downright trifling and stupid, didn't want to show up for work. So anyway, I ended up losing the job because I went to a party and uh, got caught. And the uh, manager called me up the next day. I came to the office and he said, you know, go to HR and pick up that last check. You know, goodbye. Right. Just that simple. So anyway, um, someone said to me, you need to call the loan company and let them know your situation. And I said, no, because I'm afraid they might come and repossess the car. So I waited and 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 waited. Finally, I am two months behind on the car payment, mm -hmm. right? Which now is extremely difficult to get caught up. Right. So I didn't have to call them, they called me. Right. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, point, right. right. They called me now, saying, hey, by the way, we're coming to get this car. So I'm talking to the loan officer and I explain him my situation. And here's what he says to me. He says, because you're a college student, I'm not going to repossess you right now. He said, but why didn't you call me the minute you couldn't make the first payment? Right. And I said, I was afraid. He said, if you had called me, I would have told you that it would have been so easy for us to defer the payment. Right. <laughs> and all you'd have had to do is pay the interest and let the principal be deferred. He said, could you have afford to pay me $35? I said, of course I could. Right. He said, well, that's all you would have had to pay me. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, I wandered around aimlessly for two months when all I had to do was call and get some instruction. Right. And pay $35. Pay $35, and I would have never been, I wouldn't have been behind in the right. payment. Right. You know, we, that's what I'm going to say, we walk around aimlessly because we won't ask the people, the right people, the question. You know who we'll ask? Somebody else whose car got repossessed. Right. Right, <laughs> the person who they, call, they ain't got the car no more. Right. So what what happened when you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you, should I do? Right. <laughs> you know, there we will not just seek direction. We will not, you know, we use maps for direction to get from point A to point B, but we don't use maps for direction for our own lives. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how simple we can be sometimes. Yeah, you're right. And we and then when it's a sometimes even a simple answer. To your question, because we as people tend to overcomplicate things, mm -hmm. we start second guessing it. Mm -hmm. Think, oh, this must be a scam. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, we, me and my wife was in Dubai. She had bought a um, a Groupon, mm -hmm. but the Groupon was in Dubai money, mm -hmm. right? So it was our last day. We're not going to use the Groupon, but I, we can't get a credit for it. So. Mm -hmm. Met another American couple on a bus going over to the mall. They said, hey, we have a Groupon. We would like to transfer this Groupon to you all if y'all would want it because we're mm -hmm. not going to use it. Mm -hmm. They looked at each other and it was like, no, y'all must be trying to scam us. Like, no, we're not trying to scam you. We got this. And the funny thing about it, we saw them in line in the very place buying a ticket to where they, we had the Groupon for mm -hmm. For free, mm -hmm. so they end up paying money, and we're trying right. to give it to them. Absolutely, because for some reason, we don't like getting information 
we'd rather do it ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, and there's an old, old saying when you know, people say, well, you know, why reinvent the wheel? I'm a strong proponent of not reinventing the wheel. You yeah. know, again, I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't have not one problem um, reading directions. I don't have not one problem seeking advice. Uh, you know, I mentioned this in Bible study, um, for example. Um, my undergrad degree um, is, is, was in finance. My, my master's is in business with an emphasis in economics, right? So one would think I have a reasonable ability to understand finance. I was this one of the senior, I was a senior finance manager at one point uh, for the Eastern region um, at, at, for the Department of NOAA, all right? Uh, and, 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 and I ran a finance division, you know. I wrote policy for finance mm -hmm. nationwide, but I have a financial advisor, <laughs> right. you know. I have someone that I go to right. to tell me how to manage, you know. I'm seeking that I got a road, I get my road map from him to get me from point A right. to point B, right. you know. Uh, I'm, I'm not wandering aimlessly guessing because I don't want to guess and make mistakes. Right. I don't want to repeat the mistakes of other people. And, and, and that's, you know, what I'm saying when I say, you know, we, we, we tend to still look for the living among the dead is that we get advice or we, we seek uh, our methodology from people who are dying, we, from, from places that are dead, rather than going to people who, who have the knowledge that we seek to get us where we want to go. Right. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I had a conversation this weekend, and, and I was telling the person about um, the Sabbath day, right? Mm -hmm. And after we sat and talked about it, and I, and I told you, after we sat and talked about the Sabbath and everything, I, I immediately said, well, I got the information. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Saturday, I'm not doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I moved my start of my week on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I started Monday and took, and Saturday, I don't do any actual work for my, mm -hmm. my profession, right? Yeah. Now I do like self-development stuff. For my, mm -hmm. I'm going to call it growth Saturday. And that's what I do. Ever since I've been doing that, business picked up. Life got better. Mm -hmm. Everything else. Trying to tell this person the same thing. They trying to tell me that you don't know when the Sabbath day is going to be. I said, well, you know, I know what's working for me <laughs> because what my pastor told me and I went and, and you know what's funny, pastor, people don't do this. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a book called the Bible, right? Yes, that yes. you're teaching people out of. So if you want to verify something, all mm -hmm. you got to do is go in the Bible and, go and read for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then when you go read for yourself, then you can make your own decision. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. But getting back to guidance, you guided me in a certain <laughs> direction. You, you told me to follow it up, and I did. Mm -hmm. And then I did the action behind it, and everything just smoothed out. Right. You know, and then the crazy thing is, by doing that, I got an extra day of work. Hey, out of the week. Use the Bible as your roadmap. <laughs> right. Well, everybody else is chilling on Sunday. I planned out my whole week, did a bunch of stuff. I don't work the entire day. Yeah. I work, you know, I work like half a day, mm -hmm. and but I'm able to get so much farther ahead. Mm -hmm. It's just that one little simple thing. Mm -hmm. It's just right there. It's like you know, if you apply it, mm -hmm. you would yeah. see. It's like the, it's like tenfold the mm -hmm. amount of production that you get in your life mm -hmm. out of just applying the stuff that's in the Bible. Sure, and and you know, um, and w what you're saying is so crystal clear. And the Bible says even a fool should be able to appreciate it. But unfortunately, 
most of us are not as smart as fools. So because we're not as smart as fools, we don't appreciate it. The, you know, that, that's a roadmap to managing your day, to managing your week, to managing your productivity. You know, when, when God laid out that application, because he understood that it was an agrarian society. And in an agrarian society, people have a tendency to work continuously, you know, and never stop, never rest. And their concept is the more I do, the more I can produce. Right. That's the concept, you know. And what he was telling them is that's not true, is that you need a day to get re-energized. You need a day to put yourself, you know, at ease to not just for you, but your animals too, to, to, for everybody to take a break, get themselves back together so that your, product, your productivity will be increased, you know, in that regard. Because if you keep going constant, 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 your productivity, go, your productivity goes down. Mm-hmm. You work longer and you work harder with less results. So just like you know, what you're saying is so true. Here's the irony of it. People will go to a seminar, a secular seminar, mm-hmm. and get that kind of information and will jump right on it. Mm-hmm. But when the Bible tells you, <laughs> <laughs> right, then, you know, oh, well, no. And I, you know, you know for example, I, I, every now and then I talk to woke people. Yes. And I'm always amazed that woke people just woke up a couple of years ago. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, what you're saying has always been there. It's right there in the word. You may not have appreciated it because of where you thought it came from. Right. But it's still right there. It doesn't matter where you thought it originated from. Let's say you thought it was originated from, from a, a, a source that was not wise. Mm-hmm. But what makes you wiser than that source? Right. You know, and if it's work, if, if it's proven to have worked, why do you care where it came from? If, if people are telling you it works for them, people are telling you, hey, I get great benefit. Just like you're saying, you're right. telling the person, right. I tried what the Bible says, I'm getting a great benefit from it. And they're still going to argue with you and say, Oh, I don't believe it. You don't know what you're talking about. That, that, that's that I'm wandering aimlessly. Right. You know, and, and not just using a roadmap to get me where I want to go. Yeah. And, and some, like we said before, some people so woke they need to go back to sleep. Yes. They, they didn't nap. Yeah. You know, it's... There was one particular um, organization that I belong to, and the one section of the um, initiation... We had to say the words, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. And then it, that one hit me. I was like, okay. So I said, well, I could do what I really want to do if it's in, in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I could do what I want to do if, he, if I believe in him and he's in me. Mm-hmm. Or matter of fact, he's already in me. I just got activated. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like bing it's like it's, it's it's staring us in the face but like you said you gotta i gotta go through a whole initiation process to get this information that's been is literally came on every easter sunday from the day i was um the day i was born to now so yeah. at the very least i heard it 40 times right absolutely and you know I, I let me tell you when you think about Again, and, and, and right now, we're just hitting on what? Not 
allowing yourself to wander aimlessly by following a roadmap, right? Right. We haven't even yet talked about, well, how do you, how do you maneuver if you don't have the roadmap available, mm -hmm. right? But even if you just think of the roadmap, for example, and we're looking at the, the Bible as our guide, well, that is our roadmap, right? There's a, there's a story in the Bible that says that God himself made a statement. Anything they imagine will be possible for them. Anything they imagine will be possible for them. Now, he made that statement because of two things that they had. He said, the people are of one mind. Mm -hmm. And they have a desire to build, right? They had one, one, one language, so they had communication. They had one mind and a desire, so they had the motivation, and they had the same goal. God has said that about us, right? If the roadmap has told us that we can do anything right. if we have communication, the same goal, and the desire to do it, why is it we can't do it? Or we won't, I said, we won't do it. Right. Think about the average marriage, for example. How often are the goals for the wife conflicting with the goals of the husband? Mm -hmm. You know, in family situations, how often are the goals of one sibling different than the goals of another sibling so we can't get together and make something happen? Right. Think about even business partners. Mm -hmm. Although we have said we have the same goals, mm -hmm. but in reality, we don't have the same goals. Right. So therefore, the business is plundering. I, you, know, I, 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 you know, I learned from a wise man one simple concept. He said, no idea is a bad idea. They're simply bad supporters of the idea. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't care what you decide to do. If everybody get on board, it'll be successful. See, that's a biblical concept that we fail to understand. Right. And so we will say, well, you know, I'm not going to support it because it ain't my idea. No, you support it because it, it is the idea. Right. And everybody get on board and you'll be successful. What if, what if, what if you have five siblings, for example, and, and all the five decide we're going to pool our money and we're going to start buying land? Mm -hmm. And we're going to invest in, 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 in properties. And we're going to do, you know, right. and everybody got the same goal. And nobody's <laughs> arguing about what to do. What, you, can you imagine the wealth that family would have in one generation? Yeah. Right? Because if nothing else, if everyone currently owns their own home, look at the wealth you have right. now. You know what's funny about that? When you go, us uh, as African-Americans, you go to the hair shop, mm -hmm. what do you see in there? Who's owning the hair shop? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when you go, if you happen to be on the road and you get stuck real late at night and you stay at a day's end, look who's owning the day's end. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then you look at down the street, another Indian family owning the day's end. 7-Eleven. Right. <laughs> we the only people that see this, but can't quite grasp the fact that, you know what, if we did the same thing. Now you hear people do say that, but they're, and they're telling people to do it. But the funny thing is, are they doing it? They don't have the same goal. That's the big difference, right? Is that the roadmap says we must have communication, motivation, and the same goal. Mm -hmm. 
we'll get money together, but we don't have the same goal. Right. My goal might be for me to get rich. Right. Right. Your goal is for you to get rich. Mm -hmm. Our goal may not be for our family to get rich. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm right. saying? So that's why we argue. We argue, we fuss and fight, so it don't work. If we follow the roadmap, all of us will be wealthy. All, we, all of us may not be millionaires, but all of us will be, and actually we would be millionaires, if all of us pull ourselves together. Because if we got five siblings, let's say, and five siblings have a house, and if the average um, equity in that house is $250,000, that's over a million dollars. Right. That means we're all millionaires if we all work together. Right. You know? Right. So now we all can say, listen, let's buy an apartment building. Right. Well, but where are we going to get the money from? The bank going to say, what you got for equity? We got a million dollars worth of property. Right. But now we can buy an apartment building. Now we can take the, the proceeds from the apartment building. Right. And pay the apartment building off. Right. You know, it's in, the roadmap is in the Bible. Always has been there um, for how we can get from from darkness to light, from death to life. But what we will seek is life from a place of being dead because we seek it from the wrong perspective from the wrong people. Yeah. Well, what I was. That's deep, and I and I really hope that people really get out their notepads and and relook at this episode and take notes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then after you take notes, look at it, follow it up in the Bible, mm -hmm. and then after that, apply it. And I'm gonna tell you what's funny. It doesn't even just apply this this the what is it mustard seed. This is a mustard seed of it. That's, faith. Right. That's all you need. And once you see it, it you're like wow. Mm -hmm. And you'll be blown away. You'll be ready to tell somebody about it. Well, you got anything else, Pastor, before we close out? Uh, no, i just just happy to be here once again. And, and we just want to make sure that people uh, uh, continue to tune in uh, on, on the new, new uh, podcast channel on YouTube, Everyday Strong. All right. Thank you all so much. This is your host, C.B. Baker.